0: You're listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I just typed in Galatians, this is in in, in a Google search, Galatians 5.16 commentary. And holy buckets. And I printed off 28 pages of different commentary, and the print was like about, call us pica, six? (laughs) And, And I read, and I read, and I read, and I read, and I studied, and I asked God for revelation, and this is just on all chapter five, verse 16. And so as I was standing here today, I said to myself, and the same question I want to ask you today, what did you come to church for? Why do I come to church? Why, do, why, do I, why did I start coming? Why did I stick around and praise me to church? And I think when you, you can answer that question by saying, what do you want God to show you today? I always come to church, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is, if, if this might be the most truth I've ever said to you in my life, every time I sit in that chair before service starts, I say to God, show me something new today. And he has never, ever, ever, ever failed one time not to show me something new. That was something new. I'm praying, give me a word, God. Give me something new in the Holy Spirit today, something that I haven't shared with these people before. Do it in a different way. Don't just do it the same old, same old. And he puts on June's heart to come up and share a word. And so what is God going to show you today? A lot of times as we show up at church, we show up because we feel like it's where I'm supposed to be. I have to go. I maybe have to serve today. I don't have to serve today, so I won't show up until the next time I serve. That's not having a great relationship with God. I want to tell you that. And that's not a knock on anybody because you have to get a revelation from God what you're supposed to do. And so when I sit here today and I think about Galatians 5.16, and this is what it says, and you can put it up on the screen for me, Evan, if you can. And Evan's going to be on his toes today. Um, It says this, I say then, this is Paul talking, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is a massive scripture in the Bible. Because when you talk about the lust of the flesh, you can go on forever. I'm telling you, this scripture, I talked to Pastor Jeff about it. I said, I talked to Jeff. I talked to Pastor, or Pastor Jason. I talked to Pastor Jeannie, I talked to, to Cassie. And I just said, what do you think? What's your interpretation of all this stuff? And I went through and I read Wesley. You know, people come out of the Methodist church. Wesley's got some good stuff about the Bible. I read Martin Luther's notes. And I'm thinking, all these guys just kind of come at it like this. And the key that they focus on is walk in the Spirit. What does walk in the Spirit mean? It really means to walk after the Spirit. When you become a Christian, you're born again, you... Or in the Spirit. Now, I've said this before, you can, whatever you do in the Spirit, in that realm, is up to you. You can lay in your hammock all day, like I say, your spiritual hammock, and eventually you're gonna get to heaven. But I think if God is in you and He's working on you, He's gonna show you ways to further His kingdom, not only in yourself, but for other people as well. So to me, walk in the Spirit to walk after the Spirit. I'm going to get to that here. I'm going to just break it down a little bit. And what, one of the commentaries I read is, is, was this gentleman, uh, I can't think of his name, uh, Abbott or something like that. I'm sure Joel, when I get done here, or Jeff could be able to probably tell me who it really was. But it doesn't matter. He was old and he was English. <laughs> and his sentences and his paragraphs were like this. But he said, Galatians 5.16, this is the key to successful Christian living. Basically, is what he said. And what is it? Is it that we, it, it's not the second half where it says, let's try as hard as we can to not lust after the flesh? Because we've all done that. And lust is a, is a word that's been abused, it's, it's more like desires. Lust has somehow been thrown into a, a, a sexual term, for lack of better terms. Anytime you lust, you're some sort of weirdo. But it's not. Lust just means desire. So you can lust after the spirit. If I'm lusting after the spirit, I'm not lusting after the flesh. If I'm lusting after, so basically, the, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that, but this is a key to success, successful Christian living. And so I was thinking to myself, if you have worry or doubt or shame or, or guilt on you, and when you come into church today or you come in any day, just ask God, why is this on me? Show me where I've missed it. Anyone, anyone look for their car keys today? Be honest. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jason, no wonder you're only here at 6.30, not 6.25. Here's the thing. When you lose your car keys, what do you do? Where did I have them last? Well, I I drove the car, and then I came home, and I usually come in here and I put them here. Oh, but I had my coat on, so I get my coat. Oh, they're in my pocket. You retrace your steps, right? Think about this. When you, have a, when you fail somewhere in your, while you're in the spirit, while you're, while you're trying to walk with God, and you have this failure, you sin or you mess up, you get angry we re, as we read through these, these things in the flesh, just retrace your steps. Well, I wasn't in the word today. I went and did this. Might have been a good thing. I might have took the grandkids here. Pretty good thing. Went to the fair or went here. And pretty soon you look back and you're like, man, it's been... Thirty-six hours since I was in the Word, since I was praying, and I re- and I retrace my, retrace my steps, and I can just see just that little time—not in the Word or or, in, or walking after the Spirit—has got me off track. And then you find yourself in a situation. Just retrace your steps. You don't have to retrace your steps and say I did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. That's why I'm here. Duh, you know that, right? But a little bit of sin because we've walked away from the word or we walked out of the are trying to do it on our own on our own in our own flesh has caused us to stumble. And when you retrace your steps, it's going to lead you right back every single time I, I I'm pretty sure. I can't say 100% but pretty sure to how much time you've been in the word that you've made the effort to walk after the spirit. Man, I can walk after the flesh all day long. It's not, it's, and some of those things in the flesh aren't a bad thing. It's just that you spend time on those. And we walk after that. And we neglect what the Spirit has for us. How do you know today if, this, if the Holy Spirit didn't say to you, get this one, here's a good one, I just thought of this. How do you know today if the Holy Spirit didn't say to you, instead of going to church today, Jason, I want you to go sit up in the middle of the carnival, and I want you just to play there today. Did you ask him that today? What do you have for me today, Jason? Or you said, man, I, I can't find my keys, I better get to church. Picking on Jason, but you never know what God has for you unless you ask. You know what I I ask God today is like, just just help me out here. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little worried about what I want to say because the scripture I have it just is big. But it's the first part is to me is little. And I look at my own life and what I've been through in my own life. It was that walking in the Spirit. Once I got in the Spirit. Once I got born again. It was that walking in the Spirit. In the after the after the spirit that I had to put some effort into, man. Even when I was born again, I could I could get after the flesh, I could do all those same things that I did before. That, but you know, I, I start hearing a word from Pastor Jeff, you know. And I'll be honest with you, Pastor Jeff's probably one of the most influential guys in my life, and has spoke more words to me than anybody. But he can't. He's not going to do it for me, 24/7. He gives me a short nugget here, and I get to spend time with him during the week, but he just gives me a short nugget on a Sunday. i got to walk after the Spirit on my own. How do I do that? I get in the Word. How do I do that? I get around other people. I'll give you a list here of things you can do. If If you're struggling, you should just saturate yourself in the things of God. Get born again, get in the Word, go to prayer, go to church, go to Bible study, go to conferences, go to the worship, listen to Christian music, Find a good speaker you like, listen to him, put the Bible on like Cassie does when she goes to bed, it'll flood you. But we're so inclined just to turn it off because we got to do this, and then we wonder, how did I get here? If you're like me, who's I don't know what kind of personality it is, type A, B, or C, that I just I'm like tracked or beam in on something, when I tracked or beamed in on the on the on, on on God and what the word says, whoa, this is amazing. And things start to to shake off yourself. It's amazing that what this scripture says, this is the key to successful living. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is what it doesn't say. It doesn't say tame the flesh and then you will be able to walk in the spirit. It doesn't say that part. You can't tame the flesh. We could line up here and just give testimony after testimony about how you failed trying to do it on your own. And we'd all go home miserable, wouldn't we? Those aren't testimonies. But here's the deal. It's like when we, or who are in the spirit, born-again Christians, put him first in our life, and we walk after him, he's going to give you amazing and, and, and great things. When you get in his word, the key to this is get in his word, devouring it. I'm telling you, I spent a whole day, if I would not say, 12 hours of a day, On Galatians five sixteen, on like Martin Luther and John Wesley and Adam Clark and all these guys, and then going back and and then talking to Jeff and so like you just if if there's something that is in your life that's causing issues or or, or you feel like you've gone away, you just have to jump in, and ignore everything else. I'm serious. If someone says you want to go to a ball game, no, I'm in the spirit right now, and I got to get after the spirit. Why is that? Well, because uh, I'm struggling here. I'm missing it somewhere. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I think I have one up there if you look at it, but that works too for me. One is good. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What a great scripture. Think about that. This is, this is Solomon who wrote this. And Solomon had those words of wisdom He trusted in the Lord. He was given everything. He listened to other people, started trusting in his own flesh, his own desires, his own thoughts. And there was failure. Ever been there? It's going good. Then I decided I think I can do this on my own because I think I know a little more than the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're back here where we were before. Trust in the Lord. Don't have a divided heart you can only be going one direction after the spirit if you're not going after the spirit then you're you're working after the flesh you can't do both it doesn't work because if you are a little bit in the spirit and a lot bit in the flesh or a lot bit or vice versa you're after the flesh it's one or the other mark 6:33 says this I'll we'll get to it but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you therefore Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. If you're following after the Spirit, how can you worry? Because when you're worrying, you're in the flesh. Now things will come upon us, and they'll be concerning, and there's things that we can't ignore, but it says don't worry about them. He says you're in the Spirit, Paul was saying in Galatians. You've already born again. Give this one to God too. What's your big worry? I've taken care of all of it. And then seek after me, he says. Follow after me, and and he says, seek after his righteousness. Man, you struggle when you seek after your own righteousness. It's like a small r. His righteousness is a big r. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Take care of today. Seek the spirit of God today, and then when you get up tomorrow, do it again. And repeat, Galatians 5.13 5, says this, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And if you, I'm just going to skip quickly here. If you go to, to verse 16 there again, uh, Evan. Verse 13 is setting up verse 16. So for you, brethren... Have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what Paul's saying there. He's got some good stuff in there, and which we'll talk about too in, in uh 14 and 15. But verse 16 is leading us right from verse 13. It's really good when you read this whole scripture in the context. I had time to do it this week and in the last week, and it was awesome. And I was just pouring over it. And so when you think about that, he's saying, you've been set free. Walk in your liberty. And as we know, Paul isn't saying, you can do what you want in your liberty. He's saying, use your liberty in the spirit to therefore walk after the spirit. That's exactly what Paul is saying. He says, Christ has set you free. All your passions and your desires have been nailed to the cross through Jesus Christ. You are in relationship with Jesus, so you are in the spirit. Now follow after that. Follow after that. He says, you've spent plenty of time here, Galatians. And that's why I'm writing this letter. That's why I'm here trying to get the people to follow after the flesh to get salvation, which is wrong. He says, all you need to do is have faith in Christ to receive salvation. And then in the midst of this little couple sentences in Galatians 5, Galatians 5, 13 through 23, he says, now that you're in the spirit, don't try to fix yourself. In, the, in, in your flesh. Let the Spirit fix yourself while you're in the Spirit. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. It's this little sidebar that he has in Galatians 5. You're already in the Spirit. Now follow after it. How do you do that? You can talk to one of us after if you're really struggling with that. We'll get you connected. And verse 14 says, uh, I'm trying. I got two sets of notes here because I started writing more notes. So bear with me. Galatians five fourteen. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even this: you shall love your neighbors as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And then he says in verse sixteen, the kicker: I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's so good. Walk is a continual walk. I'm going to read exactly what walk means in different in the Greek language. It's a continuous walk. It's a journey. One commentary said it's a habitual life; it's an habitual walk. You're walking the Lord, he says. You're walking life, so your walk in life is just not you bumping around. If you're a Christian, your walk in life is a walk in the Spirit. He says, "Walk is something that is encircling, so you're encircling all your problems." It denotes movement of the feet. It talks about to live. It says that you've walked in an area so long you could walk it if you were blindfolded or blind. So you're in the spirit and something comes upon you, you know what to do. You're not fumbling for your Bible. You're not fumbling for your prayer card. You know, like if I didn't just get to church on Sunday and I could just fill out my prayer card and drop it in there Sunday, Pastor Jim's going to make it all better on Wednesday. Prayer card's awesome. I'm not knocking you for it. But you have the power, because you are in the Spirit, to go right to God, right now. That is a huge amen. A place of daily activity, the sphere that encircles your existence. And it also says, my favorite one, to take a stroll. Now, if if, if Joel and Renee say, let's go take a stroll by the lake, it's not like, oh, this is angry and tense and it's like they take a stroll. It's peaceful and you're holding hands and you're, look at the leaves and isn't that pretty? That's what he says about being, walking in the spirit. It's like taking a stroll. How do we know that? Because of what we see later in, in chapter 22 and 20, verse 22 and 23 when he, when he lists out the fruit of the spirit. He says, your walk in the spirit is one that's filled with joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Stroll there. Your old life, the old self, and the one you keep trying, he's telling the Galatians, the one you keep trying to resurrect is the one of wrath and lust and anger and all these things. That's where your walk is if you do that. It's not peaceful at all. And so what Paul's denoting here is when you walk in the spirit of God, it's like a nice stroll. It's peaceful. It's calm. And when somebody, you know what it's like when someone comes at you, you have two ways to respond, with anger or in peace. I'm still working on it. I know if anyone here's got it figured out there, let me know. Because our flesh rears its ugly head many a time. But the thing is, when you are walking after the spirit, your flesh won't rear its ugly head as much as it used to. I'm trying to think exactly what Pastor Jeff Jeff told me when I asked him about this. He says, you just it's not that you don't sin, is what he's saying. If you're a Christian that you don't ever sin, you just don't do it to the degree you once did. I think that's what you told me, Jeff. I don't want to quote you. I don't want to misquote Pastor Jeff. But that's what he said. He said, it's not the fact that you don't fall into some of these things sometimes. You just don't do them to the degree you once did. You don't habitually do it. You don't practice sin. And that's what he says. If you you fulfill the lust of the flesh, you won't inherit the kingdom of, of heaven. That's a big scripture. That one here could divide people on what they believe. You want know, my own personal opinion and what I believe and what i believe all along since the day I was born again it says, I believe once I was saved, I was always saved. Now, you can debate that. I wouldn't say you're wrong. I would just say I'm more right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what I believe. And the only way I can do that is because what I, what, what I interpreted the Bible to say to me is that once I was in the Spirit, I could still walk after the flesh. But when I repent of what I'm doing, I don't have to repent back into another realm. I'm in the same realm, I'm in the Spirit. And so when I look at that scripture, it's, it, it's one that can cause angst, it can cause problems. I think what happens is when people are, when they look at that scripture, and then if you're always wondering, well, am I really saved? Am I really saved? Am I really saved? I did this. Am I going to hell? And it's like you end up thinking on that, and your mind takes over. It's like when we talk about the rapture how many versions of the rapture do we have out here? Pre trib, post trib? If for Minneapolis you got the star trib, right? <laughs> here's what I say here's my advice on both of them. If you feel like you can lose your salvation, or you feel like you can't lose your salvation, just walk after the Spirit. Either or, you'll have peace about it. If you don't understand what the tribulation is all about, whether it's post-trib, pre-trib, whether they're going to be sucked out of a plane, or you're just, Jesus going to come back, or we're going to rule for thousands of years here. If you don't know the exact answer, which most of us don't know the exact answer, just be on the right side of the fence when it all happens. Just be in the Spirit. Because if you're in the Spirit, and you're walking after the Spirit, when all heck breaks loose... You're gonna be out there for your stroll in the spirit. You're like, oh, there's Jesus, he come back, or there I go up here. I guess this is the tribulation. This is this is the rapture. Either way, you're gonna be in peace. So my thing is, when I talk about this, about in the being in the spirit, it's like it's a peaceful place. It's like like June. She was standing on the shore, looking out at the beach. How awesome is this? I think I'll stick my toe in the water and check out the the water. And all of a sudden, she's like oh, crap, this isn't good. And you're tumbling. And then pretty soon, she's back on shore. Amen is right, Cassie. But the thing is, is like, that's what life will do to you. And it's like, yeah, be prepared. I think next time June goes there, she's going to have like a life jacket on, a boat, water wings. She's going to be like, I'm going after it. Right, June? <laughs> so you got to be prepared when you go into the battle. You have to be prepared. You just can't step off into the world and say, "What do you have for me today, world?" And as he, well, I got a lot for you," says the devil. Verse 16: "Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to read. And from Ephesians here, and I think I, I messed up on, on, the, on the slides I looked at them this morning, but it's Ephesians 2, 3 through 6, and it says this, Among whom also we, will, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Here's Paul talking about all of us at one time in our life. Dirty rotten scoundrels, he's saying. This is who he used to be. Remember when he's coming to the Galatians, he's, he's, he's talking to believers. He's saying, who tricked you? You were doing so well. He wouldn't say that to the unbeliever. You know? He goes on to say, And the mind, and of the mind, and were by, na- by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made, li- made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. You've been raised up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where you say, Child of God, I am a child of God. Where do you picture yourself as a child of God? Bumping around here on earth? Struggling? Always one foot over here, one foot over there? Or do you see yourself, and get a picture of this, seated in heavenly places, in the throne room, right beside Jesus? Most of the time, that's where I see myself. That's where you got to look at it. It's already been completed, is what Paul is reminding us of what Jesus did. But there's some work left on your part. And he's saying the work isn't that you have to do all these good things and get rid of all your sin, and then you can follow after the Spirit. He's got good news for us. To remind us, he says, what you need to do is get born again, follow after the Spirit, and watch these other things fall away from you. And if you read Galatians 5 in its context... It is saying this. It is saying that you cannot save yourself. You can only be saved by faith through Jesus Christ. So then Paul takes it, like I said earlier, he brings in another little sidebar, and he says, "And not only can you not save yourself from hell down here, he says, you cannot save yourself from hell on earth. He says you have to give it up to the Spirit, not only to for salvation." But you got to give it up to the Spirit of God for your life out here. I look at Leslie and I look at Jason, and they get four little ones, one more on the way. And if I went over to their house for an hour and they said, Will you watch my kids for an hour? That'd be good. I'd, you know, I'd have prayed for like longer than I studied Galatians. I would have prayed twice as long to go over and take care of the kids. Not that I don't love their kids, two hours. It's raining outside. They all come in the house now. I'm like, man, that was pretty good when they were out on the trampoline for a couple hours. And then all of a sudden, three hours. Seriously, what are they doing on their date? You know, I'm thinking. Pretty soon, I'm in the flesh. And I'm like, stop that, Roman. Don't do that, Levi. Josiah, get off the chandelier. The usual <laughs> stuff, right? And that's what I'm trying to say is like, it's what, I feel like that's what we do as Christians sometimes. Don't do that. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do drugs. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't swear. Those are all good things. But the thing is, is if, if you haven't had a revelation from God, and that person that you're trying to, 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 to fix hasn't had a revelation from God, it's pretty hard. You just have to pour the word into some people and let the word fix them. And then when, and when the word cleans them up and fixes them up a little bit, and they get born again, they start coming to church, and they start reading the word, and then they they slip and they fall, then you have your opportunity to say, you know what, remember how you were walking here and this was going well? And now that you've stepped away from this and you decided to do your own thing and how things have gone bad, well, can you see the correlation? I believe you're still telling the people, don't do these things, but you're doing it in such a way that they're like, I get it. Let's retrace your steps and see where you missed it. I guarantee you weren't in the spirit or walking after the spirit. You're always in the Spirit. It's just confusing to me sometimes, that scripture, but you're always in the Spirit. We just don't choose to walk after him all the time. I'm almost done here, Jason, because if I kept going, we'd be Memorial Day again. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to get to the fruit of the Spirit and the lust of the flesh. I'll save that for another day. But I want to say in verse 17 it says this, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit... And the spirit lusts against against the flesh. And these are contrary, he says, to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. All right, Paul was beating himself up at one time. There's only one thing you can do today in in your life. That will take care of everything else. You have to do everything in your power to walk after the spirit. You are in the spirit as a believer. If you've never accepted Christ as Lord, you're not a child of God yet. You need to come in and join the family. Receive that. And then you're in the Spirit. And then you need to seek His Word and follow after the Spirit. Here's some things I wrote down. First thing you must do is be born again. Check. Go to church. Read the Word. Pray. Worship. Go to Bible studies. Go to some conferences. We always have conferences that I see advertised around here. Turn on your Christian radio. Turn on some Christian TV programs. Watch some Christian podcasts. Buy a sermon series. Take some classes. I mean, Pastor Janie has got classes all the time. Just crawl there if you have to and prop yourself up. She'll help you out. And ask God for revelation. Now, none of these things I just mentioned are requirements for salvation, but they will help you as you walk out your salvation. You saturate yourself. You submerge yourself. You immerse yourself with the Word of God and around people who know the word who will preach the word, share the word? your life's going to change. I remember going to Bible study when I was a new Christian, and I was the biggest idiot ever. I just sat there and I had my King James Bible open, and I was just like, "Yes, yes, I had no idea what they're talking about, but they never one time, never one time, nor did Pastor Jeff either as preaching from from up here, one time ever point out all the stupid stuff I was doing I remember one time said the reason why you don't drink anymore Marcus because your church says you can't drink and I was like when did they say that no one ever told me I couldn't do that but I got a revelation from God it's like you shouldn't be doing that the the way that stuff is on you how it messes with you no one ever told me that no one ever told me I shouldn't cheat on my wife I know that but if you're out seeking after the things of the flesh, you're going to get a hold of the message that tells you, it's all right. It's okay. Just do what, you, do what feels good. What's my point? Immerse. Submerge. Saturate. Change your diet. Here's the thing is if you, when I, am the last thing, Jason, I promise. <laughs> if you want to lose weight and get healthy, you just don't, you don't stop eating. If you stop eating, what happens to you after a few days or drinking water? you die. Correct? Are we, are we good on that, Kelly? You need food, right? You just change your diet. So what are you feeding yourself right now? What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your body right now? Change your diet. Change it to the word of God. Three squares a day of the, of the word. Just feed yourself with that. Feed yourself with the things of, the, of, of, of God. Do whatever it takes to follow after the spirit. It takes effort. You have to today make an effort to either go home tonight or tomorrow night and watch the Pittsburgh Penguin Game. Or I have to study the Word. Now, if it was a life or death situation, I would watch the Penguin Game. No, I mean I'd study the Word. But thing. So sometimes you have to make a decision. Like Jason, my kids get up at five. Well, sorry, Jay, you gotta get up at four to study the word. That's just how it works, right? I work at four. I better get up at three because I know when I get home at two, I'm going to be dead tired. You have to choose to do it, and it's not work; it's it's effortless change when you allow God to work in your life. I've said a lot. How many people are thinking, "What did he just say?" But you know what? If you would have showed up here today and asked God to give you a revelation, He would have. I just provided the words. <laughs> That's good. I saved myself, Callie. So here's the thing: come expecting. When you go to Bible study next week, go expecting. Before you get out of your car, you say, Father God, show me something today. When you go down to the praise cafe after, you say, Father God, give me a word for somebody. When you go to write your check out for the tithe and the offering or, or for whatever, the building campaign that we're doing, you ask, Father God, what do you want me to give? When you're feeling sick and you have a bad report from the doctor, you ask Father God, Father God, I know this isn't from you. How are we going to tackle this together? I know you've already done this on the cross. Give me the strength to get through this. I think sometimes we take for granted the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. He'll never force you into anything. But when you open yourself up to him, man, he's going to open up door after door after door. It's never-ending.